Greetings, welcome to the Mount Rushmore Podcast. My name is Jeff, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friends Richard. Hello. And Michael. Howdy. Richard and Michael, this week, are going to debate and deliberate the Mount Rushmore of a large wooden shipping crate in pop culture. <laughs> <laughs> we almost uh, made it. We almost made it through it without 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 cracking. Busting, yeah, uh, this was my choice, and um, I am fascinated with tropes in cinema and storytelling. And um, I remember as a kid uh, seeing in the Warner Brothers cartoons, a large wooden shipping crate would show up. And often it had some uh, words spray painted on the side in the Cooper font. Um, and often coming out of that would be something crazy or insane that would send everyone into a chaotic uh, uh, scramble. Uh, but not just in cartoons, in films and videos and story, other storytelling. Um, and it usually is a fun portent of uh, something that will set the uh, the plot into motion. So I thought it'd be fun to discuss that. Um, and I guess I'll see from your choices whether you had fun with it or not. Um, so uh, why don't we start with Michael Winfield? Okay. Well, I, I'm guessing this is going to be on everybody's list. Um, it was the first one that I thought of, and I think it's uh, the the best one, no matter what. It's um, the wooden shipping crate that contained the Ark of the Covenant in oh, sure. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, yeah, cool! Obvi- obviously, also on my list. Yeah. Um, I like that this that this uh was contained in a wooden crate twice in a movie. Uh, not only uh, I think the most famous um aspect of it is when it's um kind of bolted up at the end with the words top secret army intel spray painted on uh, spray painted on it it says do not open but also when the nazis um created that bad boy up and um spray painted their eagle and swastika on there and um then the ark was you know wasn't going to take that shit and burn that right off and i just loved it like doesn't matter what side of the war you fall on you're using a large wooden shipping crate to contain one of the most um, amazing um, archaeological yeah. discoveries in the yeah. history of the world yeah I, <laughs> the, the power the power of god can't be contained by wood or can no. be i guess and richard what was interesting uh to it it's ubiquity it's um it's imprint on pop culture from that so film. My, i actually have on on here a slightly different it's the raiders of the lost art crates plural mm. and oh okay. i'm specifically was thinking of the final shot of the movie after the uh the arc has the, the, the after it's been crated up and sent back to wherever uh, it is. oh yeah 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 it's area the, 51 uh... washington mm-hmm. dc where exactly it is it's a little unclear yeah. um but it's just being is then being taken and put into this vast you know looks like literally square miles of warehouse space with with shipping crates, wooden shipping crates that are, are matching with God knows what antiquities and and uh, you know magical items that are encased within. And it just made me wonder who had the contract for that from the government? <laughs> because yeah. look at how many wooden crates those are. That is mm-hmm. that is in nineteen you know forties time. That must have been billions of dollars of crates just the crates themselves not even counting the stuff that's inside of them whoever got that contract you know that 
I'm guessing there was some graft that went into the uh, <laughs> the wooden crate contract, yeah. <laughs> the, the GAO uh, uh. order that went into that. And uh, I, I just, I think it's an incredible visual, this idea that all of these wonders of the world are just being stored in these, the most basic wooden crates you could possibly imagine. Yeah, yeah stop, slap a serial number on it and house it away to never be unboxed again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The- they, I unless unless say, you're a crystal skull, you know. That that is uh, the, Michael brings up a good point here in that many people out on the crowdsource. Uh, I did reach out onto our Facebook page for answers, uh, suggestions from the some, some of the fine fine folks who listen to the Mount Rushmore podcast, and that was one of the top responses was uh, Indiana Jones, but then uh, some sharp eyed. Uh, viewers, listeners also followed up to say that it was in many of the other series uh, in Crystal Skull in, and um, there was another viewer, this is going to be the thing where I note to Jeff cut this out, also in Anderson Dadu who suggested the uh, Indiana Jones also said Last Crusade when they bust out of the crate on the motorcycle with the sidecar mm. and I think there are uh, many other crate scenes in the Indiana Jones Quad, quadrilogy, um, and I'm going to shuffle down to find them. Um, are you guys? Su- I'm are sorry. You, are you suggesting? Are you suggesting, Jeff, that uh, Steven Spielberg has a crate fetish? Mm. Yeah, uh, Nazis, monsters, crates. I think <laughs> the big, the big three. The big three for Spielberg. <laughs> the big three for Spielberg. Yeah, there's a lot of crates in that series. Of course, it's about artifacts, and uh, of course, it's you know of a certain era, era. And there's a lot of scenes where people are shipping off from one thing to another. But yeah, so um, that's a fun first choice. I, what I love about that is, like yourself, Richard, I think of the ending shot in which, at the end of each of this guy's adventures, uh, this Indiana Jones character, who is based on a kind of a serialized um, adventure hero. All of the action and all of the mysteries and all of the things he's he's uh, uh, put blood, sweat, and tears into capturing are relinquished off into anonymity, and they get boxed up and they get put away. And we know there's right. another episode. And from that shot, too, uh, so it's really kind of opening with a closer for me. In that shot also, you kind of wonder, what other mysteries lurk inside this uh, warehouse? Is it just uh, Genghis Khan's uh, wooden teeth, or is it... Uh, um, other supernatural artifacts and things like that <laughs> on par with it. So, yeah, cool, cool first, cool first choice. Uh, what do you got, Manfredi? All right, my second choice is in the cartoon category, as you mentioned. Uh, it is Wiley Coyote's various Acme Industries crates. That's oh, cool. also on my list, too. Oh, oh is wow. It? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, when you're watching a Wiley e. Coyote and Roadrunner cartoon, you know at some point certain things will happen. He is going to fall off of a cliff and not realize he's fallen off the cliff for a few seconds and then wave bye-bye, maybe hold up a sign. Yeah. Um, a pre-made sign that says, yikes. Yes, Just... something like that. Or maybe yeah. he has to write it really hastily. Sometimes he yeah. has to do that. Yeah. And another thing that will happen is he will receive a, sh- a shipment from Acme Industries and it will come in the big generic crate. Mm-hmm. And of course, the crate will tell you exactly what it is that is inside of the crate, so you know automatically. Oh, this is a uh, a Roadrunner trap. 
or an an anvil uh an anvil slingshot yeah or whatever you know rocket rocket shoes rocket roller skates whatever they happen to be and you know i know i'm not treading in new ground here but at some point wasn't there a competitor to acme industries there had to oh, be right oh i don't Why? know there must have been i mean there couldn't have been just one company making making these i don't know what you would call them uh weapons of singular destruction yeah. instead of mass destruction yeah it does and seem like there is a place in the market for a quality competitor <laughs> yeah yeah it seems like there's some sort of quality control that is not happening yeah. at acme but yeah. it's also also raises the question how is how are these getting delivered because yeah. i don't wiley coyote doesn't seem to have a fixed address it's not like he has a house <laughs> out in the middle of the desert that it's or a p.o box or something yeah. like that. Oh, they don't ship to a PO box. No way. Not not with a crate that big. No, mm -hmm. no way. Can't can't get inside. Um, you know, um, Chuck Jones actually had um nine rules for Wiley e. Coyote cartoons, and one of them was that um, hold on, let me. I'm reading it real quick. Okay, had two two of the nine rules were based on Acme products. Uh, rule number two: No outside force can harm the coyote only his own ineptitude or the failure of the Acme product. And then also, let's see, it was uh, rule number seven, all materials, tools, weapons, or mechanical conveniences must be obtained from the Acme corporation. Mm. Mm. So they did have the monopoly and um, it was, uh, you know, I guess they were all the other shipping companies and, uh, novelty companies or, or novelty contraptions uh were in maybe the uh disney universe who knows mm -hmm. does that lend an existential uh obviously there's there's a lot of this is coyote and roadrunner might as well be um bertolt brecht or samuel beckett waiting for godot because they are in a place where the environment never changes <laughs> they never age <laughs> i mean it is true of cartoons um they there is never anything coming from the outside. So is what is reality? And then what is real? Is the Acme company even even a, a viable company? Or is all these things actually in his mind? Because the result is the same at the, at the end of all of that. Do we want to wax existential about that? I, I, I mean, I, I, imagine, I imagine that they're, they're just, they lose so much money yeah. on Wiley Coyote because he doesn't seem to have an income. Yeah, what is he paying with? That's a good question. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, he, I did. I, I go ahead. I was going to ask: Does he does he try to get does he try to return these items after they fail? <laughs> like, what's the what's the return policy of Acme Industries? I'm guessing um, it's not great. <laughs> I did compile a list. Um, I, I I watched a, a a compilation video of all of the different products that he's received from <laughs> Acme, and then I broke that down. And compiled just a list of the ones that came in large wooden shipping crates. Nice. So, uh, so here, here is a list: um, a dog sled and twelve ninety-two pound dogs, uh, <laughs> dynamite, a bomb balloon and basket, practice bombs, do-it-yourself rocket sled and thirty miles of track, jet motor, jet-propelled unicycle, um, outboard motor, do-it-yourself tornado, indestructible steel ball, snow machine. And a 500-pound anvil, street cleaner wagon, and weather balloon. Um, this, I mean, they're versatile, if if anything, you know. 
if they if you want something, you, you can get it from Acme. Yeah. Uh, we'll thank Justin Kosh, who uh, submitted Wiley Coyote and Acme products as a suggestion. So he agrees with you guys. Um, so I guess with that, gentlemen, we have rocketed on our rocket skates most quickly to the halftime um, than we ever have before, because you both picked that. Am I right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So uh, uh, let's start to head through the we're, tunnel of... We're, we're half... We're halfway to the to the end of the uh, series, as we know. Yeah, yeah, we are. Um, so let's head toward the uh, apparent tunnel in the side of the uh, um, Desert Mesa, which uh, was painted somehow with a, one can that had a multiple colors of paint inside of it, um, and give the halftime uh, spiel, which is just to engage you, the audience, to engage with us a little bit more. Go out on the social media pages and suggest new topics. Uh, pre previous suggestors have ended up being guests on this podcast, which is always fun. And then do us a solid download, rate, and review past episodes. We would love any stars you have sitting around your place. Uh, you want to give to us one, two, three, twenty, uh, and then let us know any specific episodes or comments you might have. That would be super cool. And the biggest thing you could do would be to share it with your buddies. Uh, if you know people who still listen to podcasts now that the world has ended you don't have a commute you don't have to go anywhere um in your car let them know about ours that would be super cool all right dude so what's so interesting about a wooden crate anyhow when i suggested this what was the reason that you said yeah okay well i i for me i i just uh i i think i replied back absolutely (laughs) <laughs> this is just in the wheelhouse of things that um, should be like if we're if our goal is to cover everything, yeah, we got to cover the the ones that are seemingly mundane. And I like that, you know, just because it's a, a wooden box on the outside, what are the treasures that are inside? And I think that's ultimately um, what the it, it's an encapsulation of what our podcast feels like sometimes, where. It doesn't matter how uh, singular or boring a topic title can be. It's all the other ooey gooey stuff inside. Oh yeah, yeah. Personally, that's that's uh, yes. You know, and I also also think that that some of the our best episodes um, are the ones where they're just like okay, Mount Rushmore of jackets or Mount Rushmore of um, mm-hmm. horses. Mm, horses, yeah. Where it's just like, where is this going to go? Oh yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. All right, then I guess it would be Michael sharing his third. Okay, my third choice is from A Christmas Story. It's the major award, the um, leg lamp that arrives at um, the old man's house inside a giant wooden crate that says uh, fragile. uh, Fragile, Michael. Fragile, I'm sorry, yes, (laughs) and uh, this end up um, on it. And This This is, by the way, also on my list. Wow, this is getting, we are this close is getting... to poster shapes. <laughs> we are. Just so you guys, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, we have already said that if Michael and I agree on all four choices, that we will immediately and we will um, we will declare an end to the to the podcast. That's right. Do, what, do one more episode on pasta shapes, and then mm-hmm. and then right off. Yeah, that's the it. Then we're gone. Well, okay. Well, that's scary. Um. Well, oh, I we'll never thought we'd. I never thought we'd get there. It I mean, is we're the not most, there. 
it was the most popular one out on the crowdsource too. Multiple people mm. uh, talked about this, and I I can see that in that this film, at least during one month out of the year, is played 24 hours a day on channels yeah. that are solely dedicated to it. But but you know what uh, is interesting is there were very I would say there were very few comedies, much less holiday family comedies, that. Uh, involved this trope a lot of them were adventure films or genre films or mysteries so uh it's an interesting thing to have in that and it does it does bring something mysterious to this uh guy it in a way and i know i want to hear more about why you chose this but is it is the wooden crate before it is opened unless you know what's inside of it it is a mirror and a lens to see your innermost thoughts. <laughs> and yeah. this guy, this guy, who is uh, uh, Darren Darren McGavin, I forget yes. who the performer yeah, is. McGavin. Yeah, is uh, not in this film allowed to really uh, relish in uh, his ego or narcissism or uh, dreams or have been dashed for this guy so long ago. <laughs> so, so yeah, how would you describe his uh, his reaction when it arrives? Well, I, I, I love the idea that he is trying to guess at what could be inside this wooden crate. Mm -hmm. And some of the guesses he comes up with, including a bowling alley. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just spectacular. Yeah. And they're trying to figure out, how can they send a whole bowling alley? Yeah. It's just, you know, the idea of the wooden crate, as you said, is this sort of all-encompassing mystery containment item. Oh, yeah. Literally anything with the size of it, you kind of have to, you know, it just leads you to all of these like this incredible avenue of possibilities. Mm -hmm. And in this case, for the old man who throughout the rest of the movie is basically just getting kicked to the nuts over and over again, yeah. <laughs> or yeah. more literally getting a bowling ball dropped on his nuts. Um, this is like yeah, he, his, he gets his bowling ball. Yeah. Yeah. This is literally his moment in the sun. And. Mm the beauty of this leg lamp is something that even is beyond even his wildest dreams and expectations of what could be inside this crate. And I but just I, love the, the visual of him trying to pry this thing open with a crowbar. Yeah. It's just brilliant. What I, what I love about it is this is his Christmas day. You know, the kids get their actual Christmas day where they're running down the stairs and tearing into their Christmas presents. And, you know, he's running a Zeppelin all over the floor and all, you know, they're, they're so excited. This is as excited as he is ever going to be as in, in his entire life and with literally jumping into the box itself and throwing straw and, you know, mm -hmm. packing material around and, um, cro you know, crowbarring it open. It's him opening his Christmas present. It just came, you know, two weeks before the actual Christmas yeah. day. Uh, man, Freddy. Oh, boy. Okay. Wow. Uh, I have thought about I, th I thought about trying to pull an audible here and go with something really obscure just to s just for the sake of the show. Mm -mm. But no, we need to go pure on this. Mm. Um, and if it happens, it happens. So my last choice is Game of Thrones. Oh. Tyrion <laughs> Lannister is shipped to Varys, or with Varys by uh, Jamie Lannister okay. in a box. Oh, a what an box, On a boat. What an excellent choice, Richard. It is... Mm -hmm. Not on my list. Oh, thank God. The show, the show goes on. Oh, thank God. 
No, I just and I the thing I love about it is the re, uh, when he gets finally when they get to their landing place, and Vars like crowbars him out of it, and the first thing he the the Tyrion does is complain about having to push his own. I think his line is push his own shit through one of the small breathing holes. And it just makes me think about the you think of the trope of someone shipping themselves to some place. Yeah. Things that have ha- a thing that has happened in real life. So it's not necessarily just a TV or film cliche, but something that has I know there's a very famous story about a uh, of a slave who uh, shipped himself to abolitionists in the north during the uh, just before the Civil War and, and managed to uh, escape slavery that way. And Tyrion's journey just sort of makes you realize that would be absolutely miserable. What a terrible, what a terrible thing to have to do. And he's tiny. He's a small guy. If you're a normal sized guy in one of those boxes, it'd be even worse. And just the the mechanics of like, yeah, what do you do when you have to take a leak? What do you do when you have to take a dump? What do you do? You know, would you know what would it be like when you first get out and your legs? You know, you've been. You know, if if my legs fall asleep at being in a, a, a sitting crisscross applesauce for a half hour, I can't imagine what being crunched up in a box for for several days or a week would be like. Just absolutely miserable, and I think. The way Game of, Show, Game of Thrones showed Tyrion immediately after getting out, and sort of his his annoyance with the whole whole thing, even though this was done as a way to save him from his own execution, I think is very very realistic to me. Because even though intellectually you would know, hey, this was the only way that I could survive, and thank God that they did this. When you first get out, all you would want to do is bitch about it. Yeah, that's a fun choice. Um, our friend Sam, who goes by Sammy Samuel Sammers out on Facebook, probably because he doesn't want to share her real name, suggested that one. And I'm, I was not familiar with it, but it does seem both humiliating, but also uh, gives him a, a new lease on life. <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that would be, God, be horrifying. <laughs> okay, Winfield. Uh, my up. last choice is going to make um, Richard uh, absolutely uh, terrifyingly angry at me, but I, I don't care. I don't Uh-oh. care. Uh, it is the Trojan horse oh. from uh, Greek mythology. And I guess if you want to put in a pop culture context, let's say the movie Troy. Sure. Where, you know, it's made of wood. It's technically made out of um, shipping wood. It's made out of a ship. It contains things. <laughs> it traveled a long way. And, you know, okay. Jeff, I'm going to let you. I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to wow. say anything about this one. I'm, I'm going to let you be the judge of this. I well, good. He's know. the judge. He's a, he doesn't even have okay. to. He doesn't have to uh, okay. grant me the points, but I can, uh, you know, argue my case. Okay. And if I'm lapped out of, you know, His Majesty's court courtroom, <laughs> so so every <clears throat> every court needs a jester, Michael. That's right. And I am that. Um. That's a unique way Jester of looking guy. at it. Yeah. So what what do you, what do you what do you what do you think is interesting or intriguing or whatever about the Trojan horse? Well, it's wood. It's a horse. It's, did you did you run contained. out of 
did you run out of ideas, Michael? Um, technically, when I realized that when Garfield uh, always threatened to ship um, Nermal to um, Abu Dhabi, <laughs> and then all of the images that I looked up uh, did not have anything to do with a shipping crate, and they're all like a small wooden box or like oh. a shoe box with holes poked in it. Speaking of things being th- live animals being shipped someplace, mm-hmm. um, I immediately started um, trying to uh, scramble to think of something that would be um, uh, different, I guess, you know, but also contained people. Yeah, I thought your um, Tyrion choice was excellent, Richard. Yeah, thank you. Um, uh, you know, the same basic concept, but, um, you know, Trojan horse. It was this big wooden container that uh, the, uh, the the Trojans brought into their city. People argued not to bring it in, thinking that it was a trick, and those people were um, killed by, I, I think, Poseidon sent, like, asps to kill them, the people that foretold that it would be the doom of the Trojans. Um, and, uh, you know, it was a good trick. It's, it's, everyone loves a good, a good, uh, a good trick. I, I don't know. Will... I got, I, I, uh, you know, grasp me at straws here, but yeah, at least it's made I, out of wood. I, you know, there's, my a, judge... there's, there's, a Simpsons a ep- there's a Simpsons episode that had them getting shipped in a, a wooden box. You could have mm. done that, Michael. I Just can't believe that out there. I can't That's believe true. there wasn't a um, Royal Rumble or something where somebody shows up in a in a wooden crate that you guys did pull out. Was was the gobbledygooker in? He was in an egg, not an a egg. crate. So that doesn't count. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I, okay, I'm, I'm sure there was a Three Stooges episode. Oh, absolutely. That involved a wooden crate at some point. Yeah, I'm going to read some of the crowd sources, and uh, there were some really great suggestions. Uh, Leslie Seiler was the first person to suggest Raiders. Bradley Gilbo was the pers- first person to suggest the Christmas story crate. Josh Carson's Short Circuit 2. What We Do in the Shadows. Now, that's a good pull, I think, even though it's a costume, Oh, yeah. I think. Well, I guess they, they do live in the crates. They ship themselves in the crates. Um, well, I believe, yeah, I believe that, um, uh, uh, what's his name, that was... Uh... Peter? Sent across the sea, not Peter, uh-huh. but uh, uh-huh. whoever was sent, sent across the sea, um, the one that's played by Taika uh, Waititi. How it went, uh, it took too long to get there. Yeah, he said like second class post or something. Yeah. Uh, both Christy Patterson Veach and Howard Aaronen said several episodes of Gilligan's Island. <laughs> I think <laughs> that might have been the oh, second man. place I yeah. saw that as a kid. Uh, great comment from Brian Scolaro. In fact, two Brians suggested Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, stand-up comic. That's incredible. That's Warner. a great pick. And then he, he even went on to say that um, even though I, I recall us discussing this in the Mount Rushmore of Horror Comedy, I think this film – and uh, he did comment that he had heard that that film was what made Tarantino get into directing. Um, so that shows the versatility of this um, trope. You know, it can be in comedy or horror, <laughs> this thing. Right. Lilith Bar- 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 Barbarian suggested in Friends when Joey makes Chandler sit in the box to think about what he'd done. No, um, I like I, no, no. I'm not going to support Friends. My, I'd rather okay. go with the, I'd rather go with the Trojan Horse than do okay. <laughs> Dumbo Drop, uh, the um, Green Acres episode, the thing. Now this epi- this suggestion from Jeffrey Schwartz is our audio clip of the week. So we're going to play that right now. Okay, so Jeff, this is the other Jeff. This is why I selected 
Green Acres that particular episode because it was so funny that Lisa got uh, Oliver a gift. It was a, a bird bath, but it came in this big crate, and they needed help, so they got the Monroe Brothers to, to open up the crate, and of course the Monroe Brothers had to check their books to see what the rate was, the crate rate, and then they said, no, the state yeah, we have to follow a state freight crate rate. And of course, they open up the crate and then something goofy is inside, obviously. That's why I chose that Green Acres episode. Thank you, Jeffrey, for suggesting that episode of Green Very Acres. Good. That's super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and Creep Show The Crate was suggested by Todd Norris. And I have to say ah. that this was one that immediately came up in my mind um because not, not, not familiar with it because i'm not okay. a horror person so yeah uh, of the different anthology series um the horror anthology has kind of transmuted from ec comics to um stephen king through creep show um it, essentially a big crate uh shows up at the biology department of a big university and there's a, a downtrodden henpecked guy who uh, ends up throwing his wife into the crate to be victimized by the thing that's inside of it. So um, great, great movie. And Jamie Mallory um, backed that one up. Madagascar from Ricky Rosales. A uh, couple folks uh, suggested the toy with Richard Pryor. Um, Josh Boltinghouse suggested that. So there were a couple other people and our good friend Paul Lurie said don't sleep on the live action Dora the Explorer movie <laughs> no I'll sleep yeah. on it thanks, thanks yeah. Paul, but I'll, he I'll said sleep on it. spoiler she's in the crate um, <laughs> super cool so I want to thank all the people who were kind enough to go out and suggest on our crowdsource the uh, different places where our giant shipping crate uh, Janet Campbell <laughs> said there's a whole series called shipping wars that is based on so yeah okay so dudes uh this is going to be pretty easy since uh three out of four were the same so i'm gonna say a trojan horse is not a container but people perceived it to be a gift unto itself they did not know that it was a container so richard is the winner because you guys picked all three of the same plus game of thrones so this has to be a record (laughs) for one of our episodes i think it's so been a while guys, since yeah. it's been a while since we've cruised through one like this yeah so the good news is you guys have enough time now to listen to a second episode of ours yeah or at least part of one yeah yeah mm-hmm. okay so this has been the mount rushmore podcast my name as always is jeff i'm richard i'm michael 